this last week, I had a chance to connect with some heritage students through a video call, a Zoom call. They were students that are a part of a homiletics class I teach. And uh, what we did to start off the class is just go around person after person and give an update. You know, how we're doing, uh, what we can be praying for each other about. And as I reflected on the uh, prayer requests and the updates that I got, I noticed that the students tended to fall in one of two groups. One group of students were those who were completely frazzled. I mean, they were crazy busy. They often worked in a ministry, perhaps on a pastoral staff, and they spoke of just working long days, 10, 12, 14-hour days. They were contacting parishioners through Zoom to check up on vulnerable people. They were they were uploading content on their church's website. They were trying to do all this in many cases with a whole family at home with little kids running around, and they spoke of just being frazzled and being swamped. The other group, they were ones that I would say felt like they were in free fall. They had, uh, they had felt really disoriented. They'd lost all sense of rhythm and routine. They had gone from having a strong sense of community to now feeling quite isolated. Many of them spoke of being back at home and trying to figure out, how do I do studies when I'm at home? And I usually think of home as vacation. Many of them said they were struggling with motivation. Like, how do I stay motivated in my studies? So this Zoom conference call with these students, it really impacted me. It shaped me. In fact, it shaped what I want to talk to you about today. We can't have our regular Tuesday chapel on campus like we've done all year, but I have a Tuesday chapel message for you, one I've been working on. And it's specifically targeted at that group of students who were feeling kind of in free fall, feeling like life has gone into limbo, feeling like there is no rhythm, there is no routine, that kind of the bottom has fallen out of life and there is this huge sense of disorientation and it's hard to be motivated to get things done. And yet there's things to get done. There's still a semester to finish. I want to talk to those of you who are in that group. Now, I am going to have to say, I have something to say for those of you who are in the other group, those feeling frazzled and maxed out and swamped. There's something here is for you as well. But this morning, I want to talk to those of you who are feeling a bit in free fall, and I want to take you to some scriptures that I think can both challenge you and coach you on how to use this time well. How do you make the most of your time when time feels really upside down? The scriptures I want to take to you today are found in the book of Proverbs. And in these Proverbs that we're going to look at, we're going to find some wise words about how to make the most of your time, how not to waste this time, even when it feels very difficult to do, when challenging to do. So today I want to talk to you about making the most of the time, and I'm going to ask that we start with the word of prayer, and then I'm going to invite you to join me in the book of Proverbs. Let's pray. Father, as I pray for those who are listening to this, I pray for myself, I pray for all of us. This is a disorienting time. The rhythms that we've been living have now been upended. And for some of us, we're feeling kind of in free fall. We don't feel like we found our land legs yet. We're still kind of groping. And for some, Lord, it's right now, motivation seems to be difficult to come by and 
and the situation we find ourselves in is seems chaotic at times or at least confusing. So I pray that you would use your words to speak challenge, to speak comfort, and to speak coaching into our lives. Help me to be faithful in my rendering of it so that these words come out as your words, which are always life-giving. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So take a Bible and join me today. We're going to start off in Proverbs chapter 24. We'll kind of work our way through a couple different sections of Proverbs, but we're going to start in Proverbs 24, specifically verses 30 to 34. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 to 34. Let me read them for you, okay? Follow along. It says, I pass by the field of a sluggard, and by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. In these verses, we're introduced to someone that uh, the writer of Proverbs calls the sluggard. It's somebody lacking sense. It's someone who is who's lazy, indolent. And we are given a picture of this sluggard and, and the problems that his, his lifestyle, his lack of discipline, his laziness is causing. Now, if you go through the book of Proverbs, you find there are a number of sections that talk about it, someone called the sluggard. And if you look at all those passages about the sluggard, you know what you'll find? Some of them almost seem comical. They make you smile. Like the guy sometimes is doing things that just you just kind of laugh and shake your head. Some of the talk about the sluggard is not just comical. It's convicting. It won't just make you smile. It will make you wince because you'll see some of yourself in them. So uh, what I want to do here is take a closer look at this guy called the sluggard. And I want you to get a clear picture of what a sluggard means. In the book of Proverbs, what is it talking about a sluggard? I'm going to show you four characteristics of a sluggard. And here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm asking myself. Here's what I'm asking all of us to do. Take a look at this picture of a sluggard and say, does that picture look like me at all? Do I see myself in that picture at all? Okay, let me show you four characteristics of a sluggard. Here's the first one. Sluggard is characterized by small surrenders. That's the first thing. Sluggard makes many small surrenders, many small surrenders. That comes out in our passage. If you look back at verse 33, it says that this sluggard says to himself these words. Look at it in verse 33. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Now, did you notice a word that was repeated three times in that one verse, right? The word little, little, just a little sleep, just a little slumber, just a little folding of the hands to rest. In other words, the writer of Proverbs is saying this guy makes a lot of little surrenders, a lot of small surrenders, just going to be a, just a short siesta. It's just going to be a brief interlude. It's just gonna, I'm just going to hit the snooze button one more time. It's not big choices. This guy never says, he, he doesn't say, listen, I'm not going to work at all. He just says, I'm not going to work just yet. Like, I'm going to get to that. 
but just not now. It's interesting that uh, as he goes on, he starts making these small surrenders, these little choices, but they add up to a habit in his life. You turn the page over to chapter Proverbs chapter 26 and look at verse 14. You find that these little choices, these small surrenders add up to a lifestyle, to a habitual pattern. Look at chapter 26, verse 14. It says, as the door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Isn't that interesting? The guy starts off making little choices. I'm just going to lay down for a bit. And then he ends up being hinged to his bed. It's like he's there. You know, uh, one, one summer when I was in seminary, I went and worked at a Christian summer camp all year. And I worked with a guy who was like a great friend. He was the best man in my wedding. His name was Charlie. And uh, Charlie did something that I thought was kind of humorous, but it's also telling. He, he nicknamed, we were roommates, so we shared a bunk. You know, I had one bunk, he had one bunk. Charlie nicknamed his bed, The Word. He would call it The Word. And then when we would all be together with the staff, he'd say, you know, I think I'm going to go spend a little time in The Word. And off he would head to the, the cabin, and I knew what he was going to do. Now, I smile at that, and we all need a little bit of rest. It's great to chill out. The problem with the sluggard is that happens so many times, it becomes habitual. He gets hinged to his bed. But it happens through small surrenders, right? So that's the first characteristic. And those small surrenders lead us to the second characteristic, and that is missed opportunities. A sluggard makes many small surrenders that lead to many missed opportunities. One of the marks of a sluggard, missed opportunities. I get that when you look at our passage, if you go back to chapter 24 in verse 30, it says, I passed by the field of a slugger, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. Here it is, verse 31. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Evidently, the sluggard, because of his small surrender, never got around to doing what he should, and he was missing the opportunity to get his vineyard ready. In Palestine, the time to get your vineyard ready for harvest season was actually late winter and early spring. That was the rainy season, but it was also the time when you would go out and you would plow the ground, you would tend the vines, you would rebuild the wall. You had to get things ready. The problem is that this sluggard didn't do it when he should have done it. And so when harvest comes, it's going to just be nettles and thorns, no fruit. Missed opportunity. Derek Kidner, who has a great little commentary on Proverbs, says this, The sluggard sluggard deceives himself by the smallness of his surrenders, and so by inches and minutes, his opportunities slip away. He, He loses it by inches, by minutes, because small surrenders lead to missed opportunities. But if you were to confront this guy who's a sluggard and say, hey, listen, man, this is not good, you would come to the third characteristic of a sluggard. Not only small surrenders, missed opportunities, but here's the third one, big excuses. The guy makes big excuses. Like if you were to talk to him, he would just say, listen, 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 I'm just going to take a little bit of a nap. I'm just going to rest for a little while. He always has excuses. It's interesting that He can talk himself out of anything, but the only one who believes his excuses is himself. In fact, if you go back to chapter 26, 
and look at verse 16, chapter 26, verse 16. Look what it says. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. In other words, the guy believes his own press reports. He believes his own excuses. Nobody else does. But he's wiser in his own eyes than seven people who can give a sensible answer. Somebody once said, the biggest lies we ever tell are the lies we tell ourselves. Like we excuse ourselves. We make excuses for ourselves. Other people see through it, but somehow we don't. So what's a slugger looking like? Small surrenders leading to missed opportunities, followed by big excuses, and finally ending up with the fourth characteristic, unfulfilled desires. Unfulfilled desires. That characterizes a sluggard's life. Not at the beginning, but that's where it ends up. I see that back in our passage, chapter 24, in verse 34. You notice this guy, he's been a slugger, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm just slowing down. And then in verse 34, it says, And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Do you get the picture there? It's saying like, you know, you, you think everything's chill, everything's fine, and then suddenly it's not fine. Poverty comes rushing in like a robber. You know, bad situations come in like an armed man. You end up where you don't want to be. The sluggard is characterized by an undisciplined life, which leads to an unproductive life, which leads to an unhappy life. He's not happy with himself. At the end of the day, he's not going to be happy with himself. And by the way, other people aren't happy with the sluggard either. In fact, if we go back to chapter 10, chapter 10, let me read you another verse. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 26. Listen to this. Other people don't like a sluggard either. It says in chapter 10, verse 26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Like people who rely on the sluggard, they're not happy either. It's like vinegar to their teeth, sets you on edge. It's like smoke to your eyes, makes you stop and blink. That's what a sluggard is like to people who rely on him. Hey, can I say to you, especially students that are preparing for a lifetime of ministry, or a lifetime of serving Christ in the marketplace. You don't want to be this guy. When we look for people that we want to say, hey, join our team, we're not looking for this guy, right? We're not looking for somebody who's always making excuses over his small surrenders and missing opportunities because he not only ends up unfulfilled, so do the people who count on him. Now, you may be hearing that and saying, okay, now let me take a look at myself. Is this me? Is this me at all? Do I see my picture in the picture of a sluggard? That, that's an honest and fair question. So ask yourself, do you, do you see a lot of small surrenders in your life going on right now? You know, are, are you saying to yourself, well, I'm going to get to those studies. I'm just not going to get to them right now. I'm not feeling at my best. I'm not, I don't feel sharp right now. I think I'm going to put it off till I'm a little bit more on, on the top of my game. Lots of small surrenders. Just one more episode of Netflix until I Netflix the day away. Just one more video game. Just one more kind of batch of social media checking in with everyone. All these distractions, all these things that I'm doing, are they a bunch of small surrenders? And is it leading to missed opportunities for a student that can be missed deadlines? So deadlines there, but I'm not there. And if that happens, there will probably be big excuses of saying, hey, it wasn't really my fault. Some things just didn't go right. 
but it ultimately leads to unfulfilled desires. I'm not happy with myself. My prof's not happy with me. You see, a sluggard is somebody who's not a freak, as Derek Kidner says. He's not a freak, but he just makes a lot of pleasantly small compromises, surrenders that lead him to a place that's not pleasant at all. Now, you may be hearing all this and say, okay, okay, I don't want to be that guy. I see a bit of that in me. I see a lot of that in me. What do I do? How do I stop this? How do I turn this around? Especially when life feels so upended. I'm living in in my home now. I'm not at my school. Things seem no rhythm, no routine. I don't got my my impact group. I don't have a paracoleo group. I don't have professors. I just don't have any of the structures and supports that I had. How can I stay on this? Well, let's go back to Proverbs, and I want to show you three wise pieces of advice that can help us not end up like a sluggard. I got three things from the book of Proverbs. There's more than three, but these three will be more than enough to get us going. So let me show you three things. If you and I want to deal with the sluggard that's in us, Here's the first thing. I think Proverbs would tell us this. First thing, treat this as a character issue, not just as a time management issue. Okay, let me say that again. If you're going to deal with the sluggard in you, you're going to have to treat this as a character issue, not just a time management issue. In other words, this isn't just about getting more organized. It's deeper than that. I say that because of what Proverbs says in Proverbs 15 and verse 19. Join me there in Proverbs 15, 19. Let me show you a verse that shows you this is a character issue, not just a time management issue. Proverbs 15, verse 19 says this, The way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. So we get the contrast there. In fact, if you understand something about Hebrew poetry, Proverbs are written as Hebrew poetry, and Hebrew poetry uses a technique called parallelism. Parallelism. And in our case, the Proverbs, they often give you two lines or what's called two colons. And the first line makes a statement and the second line comes along and makes a statement that's related to the first. Sometimes it just adds more nuance to it. Other times it adds a contrast. Proverbs 15, 19 is one of those contrastive parallelism, antithetical parallelism. And what it contrast, did you notice, is the way of the slugger is like a hedge of thorns. So a sluggard ends up just kind of going through the weeds. But the path of the upright is a level highway. Like that's going to get you where you want to go. But here's the contrast I want you to see. Look at what it contrasts the sluggard with. The sluggard, verse 19, is contrasted with the what? With the upright. With the upright. Did you see it? The way of the sluggard is like a hedge of thorns but the path of the upright. So the opposite of being a sluggard here is being upright. Upright means being godly. It's talking about your character, which means that being a sluggard somehow relates to your character. It's not just a time management problem. It's deeper. It's a problem with me. It's a problem with you. And if you and I want to really see progress in this area, if we want to deal with the sluggard in us, going to start with having to see it as a character issue, not just a time management issue. Because that's when you start to make changes. Is when you say, God, this has to come. you got to change me. This is a character issue, and I want my character to be like Jesus. So you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to change me. 
First thing, if you want to see some change, see it as a character issue, not just time management issue. Then what do you do? Well, that brings us to the second thing. If you want to deal with the the sluggard in you, here's point number two. Live by the rhythms that God has built into creation. Here's, Here's how you get out of this. You start living by the rhythms God has built into creation. See, God has built some rhythms into creation. And if you live by those, you don't end up being a sluggard. Go back to our passage, chapter 24, and let me show you what I mean. God built some rhythms into creation that this man, this sluggard in chapter 24, verses 30 to 34, was ignoring. He was missing. For example, there was the rhythm of planting and harvesting. There was a rhythm of seasons, right? And when it's the season for planting and tilling the tilling the vines and getting everything ready, he missed that rhythm. He was sleeping through that rhythm, should have been working so that when harvest came, he could enjoy the fruit. So there were the rhythm of seasons. There was also the rhythm of day and night. God's made the day, he's made the night. God usually says, hey, sleep at night, it's dark. Work in the day when it's bright. But this guy doesn't do that. He, he doesn't live by that rhythm. It's daytime and he's saying, I need a little siesta. I need a little snooze. And then there's the rhythm of just Sabbathing, creation. So you work six days, you take one off. There's all these rhythms that God has built in. And if you want to get out of being a sluggard, part of the way you get out of that is you say, Lord, help me to live by the rhythms you have built into creation. Like you made it this way. So what does that mean for you as a student? Look at me and saying, okay, I'm going to get up when it's daylight. I'm not going to sleep half the day away. I'm going to go, to go to sleep at the right time so I get up at the right time. Somebody says when it comes to productive studying, for most of us, one hour in the morning is worth two hours in the afternoon. In other words, you're sharper, you're, you're, you're fresher. So live in those rhythms. Set up rhythms when, when your life has been upended and you have no rhythm and routine. Start to establish them rhythm of working at certain times. Find a certain place where when you sit down, you say, this is the place where I'm going to go to work. Set some times. I'm going to work during these hours, and then I'm going to be able to rest later. I'm going to be able to relax later. Set some healthy rhythms. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, I had a word for some of you who are on the opposite extreme. You're not feeling in free fall. You're feeling frazzled. You've got so much going on perhaps related to the coronavirus pandemic, you're having to work extra hours either in your marketplace job or your ministry job. What what would Proverbs say to you? You say, listen, I'm not a sluggard at all. In fact, I'm on the opposite side. But I'd say, listen, listen, Proverbs would have a word for you. Live according to the rhythms God has built into creation. If you try to sustain an unsustainable schedule, eventually you will break. God's built into the rhythm of creation, the the rhythm of the Sabbath, right? The gift of the Sabbath. Six days you shall labor, but one day is unto the Lord. It's a day given to you to rest and worship and refresh. Some of you aren't doing that. You're working seven days, 24 hours, and it's going to catch up with you. When I was in seminary, I thought I was exempt from this because after all, I was studying God's word during the week, and then on the weekend, I was involved in ministry. So I started working seven days a week, but it was all, I thought, good stuff. It was all for the Lord. Linda and I were newlyweds at that time, and I remember many, many weeks 
when it came to the weekend, I wouldn't feel good. But I'd push on and I did the ministry and I was involved. One day I was in our apartment and I heard Linda in the bathroom and she was crying. And I thought, what's up? So I went and knocked on the door and said, Hunter, are you okay? She came out, her eyes were a little puffy, and she looked at me and she said, you're always sick. And I said, what do you mean I'm always sick? She said, every time we get to a weekend, you got no energy left. You're feeling crummy. I said, well, I'm doing all these things for the Lord. I'm doing ministry. I'm doing studying. So I thought I was justified in that. And I kept kind of always having this low-grade illness. We went to our first ministry after I graduated. And the pastor there, the lead pastor, told all of the associates, listen, you will take one day of rest. And he enforced it. We couldn't be on our phones. We couldn't be on campus. We needed to rest. So for the first time in my adult life, I began to live in the rhythm of the Sabbath. And you know what happened? I stopped getting sick. So what I would say to some of you who are frazzled because you're working nonstop, are you Sabbathing? Are you taking a day to cease to rest as a gift from the Lord? So you can fall off the, you can fall off the road into one of two ditches. You can be a sluggard because you don't get going, or you can actually wear yourself down, break yourself down because you keep going and never stop. So wherever you are, learn to live by the rhythms that God has built into creation. Let me give you one final one and we'll wrap it up. How do you deal with the sluggard in you? Well, first thing, you got to treat it as a character issue, not just time management. Secondly, learn to live according to the rhythms that God's built into creation. And here's the third one. I'd put it this way. Learn from the wisdom that God has built into creation. Not only live by the rhythms he built in, but learn from the wisdom that God has built into creation. God built some things into creation to help the sluggard. I know that because of what he says in chapter 6. Let me take you to one more passage as we wrap it up. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. This one will make you smile. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, shows us that God built an object lesson into creation just for those who are struggling not to be a sluggard. Look what he says, chapter 6, verse 6, 7, and 8. It says this, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? Here's the words we saw in chapter 24. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So some of those verses were the same ones we saw in chapter 24. But what was new here is God says, hey, sluggard, look at the ant. So if you want to deal with being a sluggard, you got to think about your ant. I'm not talking about your uncles and aunts, right? I'm talking about the little six-legged critters that crawl around. God said, I built wisdom in there. And if you're struggling with being a sluggard, look at the ant because you'll learn some things. We say, what do I learn from an ant? Verse seven, without having any chief, any officer or ruler, it does its work. In other words, it's a self-starter. Doesn't need a chief, doesn't need a ruler, doesn't need an officer to say, come on, stay at it. It just does. For a student, it means without your RA, without your professor, you know, with, with, without all the structures you had telling you to get to work, you just become a self-starter like the ant. But then there's another thing the ant does. Verse 8, she prepares her bread in the summer. 
She works ahead. She makes sure she gets things done during the opportune time so she doesn't miss the opportunity. And God is saying to the slugger, listen, listen, if you don't want to you don't want to stay that way. Look at an ant and learn from it. Be somebody who just sets about your work without having to be told, without having somebody get you on it. You just get going on it and you stay at it like a little ant, bite at a time, bit at a time, and you get it done. Now, you may hear all that and say, okay, I get that. I, I, can, I, I get that's what I should be, but I don't know if I can be that especially in my current situation. I'm living in my home. Things are not the way that is conducive to studying. It's just not an easy thing. How can I possibly do that? I see that's wise, but I don't know if I can pull that off. If that's you, if you're saying, okay, I think I know what I should do. I'm not sure I can do it. Here's what I would say to you. Here's where the good news of the gospel comes to our help. Here's where the good news of the gospel comes in. See, when you get to the New Testament, you find that God sent good news. And the good news was in a person, the Lord Jesus. And Jesus comes as the embodiment of wisdom, right? Paul writes about him and says, In him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. He is to us the wisdom of God. So Jesus comes in and he embodies wisdom. And he comes and says, Listen, I know you need help and I've come to be the help you need. And he came and he lived the life that God would want without being a sluggard and still living with the rhythms of creation. But then he died the death that you and I should die for all of our failings and shortcomings. He died for our sins. And if you've come to the place where you have believed the gospel, where you've said, I am someone who's not just a sluggard, I'm a sinner, and you've come to believe in Christ as your Savior, he comes to save you. He not only forgives you, but he gives you himself in the person of his Holy Spirit. He comes to live in you through the Holy Spirit. And here's the amazing truth. The life of Jesus that is living in you through the Holy Spirit has the power to give you the strength to not be a sluggard. In fact, think about it. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Do you remember verse 23 of that says that one of the fruit of the Spirit is that of self-control. In other words, when God comes to live inside of you, the life of Jesus mediated through the presence of the Holy Spirit, he brings to you the self-control you need to live according to the rhythms of creation and learn from the wisdom that God has built into creation. Which means that if you're feeling like, I don't think I can do this, the Bible would say to you, well, Jesus can do this in you and with you and through you. So you're able to say many, many times a day, Lord, I don't feel like sitting down and making this assignment happen. I don't feel like reading these pages. I don't feel like writing this paper, but this is part of your assignment for me and I want to finish it well. Would you give me the strength? Would you give me the focus? Would you give me the grace to think well, to write well, to finish well? Keep me from giving in to being a sluggard. Help me make the most of my time. Listen, my prayer for you, my friends, my brothers and sisters, is that as we head towards the end of this semester, God will give you the grace to fight off the tendency to be a sluggard and to lean into the wisdom that he's built into the rhythms of creation and built into the wisdom of creation by the power of the Spirit 
so that you make the most of your time. God bless.